0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Read, Inspire, Laugh. Today we're going to discuss about a very different topic. Where is Mount Everest? And I have Rohan from Texas who's going to talk about this book by Nico Medina. Hi Rohan. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Welcome to Read Inspire Love. During the COVID-19 lockdowns, we are all taking care of our health, our family. But I want to know what fun activities are you doing to make the most of this time at home?
1: Oh, I'm doing so like I only do a few stuff. So like in the morning when I wake up in weekdays, all I do is my school, school homework. Then I eat my breakfast. Then I play with my brother for a little bit every three o'clock to 5 30 um i have my tv time so all i do i can play minecraft on my computer or um i can watch tv or i can use my um dad's phone so i can watch some video so i can sketch stuff
0: super fun i know like you do wonderful lego building yeah. anything new that you've made yeah today so like My dad ordered a new Amazon shit.
1: It's from Uh Lego Architecture. So it's like a mini model of Chicago.
0: Awesome. Have you opened it yet?
1: No, I already built it.
0: Oh, you already did it. How long did it take for you to do it?
1: It took about like two hours. So I like... I did lunch late
0: because I finished that. Ah, right. Does your he- brother help? Yeah. He does? He's good at it too? Yes, he's very good Lego builder. That's good. So, you know, you're going to talk about the book titled "Where Is Mount Everest yeah. by author Nico Medina. Yes. Read about the Himalayan ranges. Tell me about it.
1: So, So, first, how the Himalayas formed, it happened 80 million years ago. 80 million years ago, India was an island. It was moving toward Asia 4 inches per year. Then it slammed into Asia making the borders collide and rise. In another 25 million years the Himalayas were formed with the rapid pushing.
0: What makes Mount Everest one of its kind?
1: What makes it? It's like it's like one mountain with like a lot of challenges. So like I'll explain that later. I have like one topic about that here. But it has a lot of challenges. So like Every year, only 300 or 400 people get to climb it. Hundreds more have, um, died or failed at trying. So it's yes. very, it's very risky. And, um, so, um, so they take, a, um, tribal people called Sherpas as their guides
0: right so tell us how the himalayan range supports the life and people
1: um so how it supports life and people so like the himalayas since it's ve- since it's a very long range of mountains and it, and like from the other side of the himalayas where the um sherpa's town is not there there comes like very strong um south wind So one thing is it helps the the Himalayas help block the south winds. The people can, like, adapt to the cold weather without too much cold weather. Because if it's too cold, sometimes, like, they might, like, get frostbite. And then it has also helped sharpas adapt to the cold weather. So whenever people are going on expeditions and it's their first time, they might be nervous. So sometimes they could take sharpas. So the Himalayas has also helped sharpas adapt to the cold weather and become strong. So like mountain climbing is like one of their like traditional sports.
0: So you're talking a lot about these Sherpas. Who are they? How did they come to settle up in Kumbu Valley as I know of it? What sort of lifestyle do these people in these high mountains villages follow?
1: So the Sherpas came from South Central Tibet. So like Tibet's like somewhere in China. It's like at the east corner of China. So the Tibetans lived in caves made at the foothills of the Himalayas. So like, so like one, so like a group of like 100 or 1000 Tibetans, when they first discovered the Himalayas, they went to check it out. So they got used to raising yak in Tibet. So like, uh, they discovered it was also very cold. So, like, they used the, um, yaks, like, fur. So, th- so they could make, like, big wool coats. So, um, now they don't use the wool coats because they've adapted to the cold weather. The Tibetans' houses are basically, so there are two types. There are cave houses and there are, like, like normal huts. So the hut houses, they're, like, farther away from the foothills of the mountain. The huts, they're mostly made out of straw grass, sometimes people even use yak fur to like cover the on top, so. The chilly wind can't get in. And then the cave houses. So the cave houses are like houses that are digged into the foothills of the Himalayas. It's so
0: like they live literally under the ice. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. We talk about yaks. What are the other um, mountain animals that you know of in the Himalayan ranges?
1: The yaks live 20,000 feet up Mount Everest and the um, Himalayas. Snow leopards... Um, some snow leopards and some Arctic wolves, they live on, like, the bottoms, like, on the bottom, like, um, sixteen? Yeah, snow yeah. leopards. So, and then there's a species of spiders. I forgot I it. I
0: have read about that.
1: Yeah, it's in the book. It's called, like, Wildlife Near the Death Zone. So, um, it said, so there's a species of spider it lives up 20 feet, 26,000 feet up the mountain, Three thousand feet below the um like the peak of mount everest so it has adapted so what the um what the spider eats is like the bodies like dead flies which have been carried up by the winds it like gra- so this spider that lives in the himalayas has a very cool adaption it, it has a um, webs that are extra thick so like if a fly goes in you can, like, see the web. It's, like, as thick as our um uh, fingers, like our thumb. It's very thick. So, even humans sometimes g- can get caught in the web. So, like, it's very hard to get out of.
0: Wow. Don't you think these mountain climbers would be having so much fun looking at these different rare animals and species? Yeah,
1: like, some of them have, like... Like, how
0: they discovered the animals were
1: actually, like, the mountain climbers discovered them, not scientists. So, the mountain climbers saw them, and then they um, told the scientists, so the scientists found the name.
0: Who were the first mountain climbers to summit Mount Everest? What hurdles do you think, like, you know, they they go through such different climatic changes, food, health issues? What sort of hardships do you think these mountain climbers face to reach up the top
1: the first mountain climbers to like reach the peak of mount everest was a sharpa tenzin norgay and then there was another person he was from um auckland new zealand he his name was edmund hillary so like how they first met they were going on um uh, they were going on an expedition. Like the rest of the people fell down, so like they weren't able to keep up with um Hillary and Tenzing. But Hillary and Tenzing just like kept going. Tenzing Norgay, he wanted to like have good luck. Six thousand feet up the mountain, there's a temple called the Ten Boche Monastery. In there, they keep a uh, altar of Buddha. So um Tenzing Norgay and um Edmund Hillary, they both went there. They, um, they said prayers and they asked Buddha to like give them good luck. Then, mm-hmm. um, then they got their blessings. Then they started. So, like, how the mountain climbers have to get up? They have to go like a certain height up like, a number of times. They have to go like 20,000 feet up a certain amount of times. And then on their final summit trip, they have to go all the way up. So, some of the challenges. So, there's a Kumbu icefall. On top of the Kumbu yeah. Valley, Kumbu Icefall has a lot of crevasses in it. Crevasses are deep cracks in the earth. The crevasses stretch down one hundred more than, like, 100 miles down into the earth. So, like, it's a risk. People who have been known to, like, fall into the crevasses, um, they have never, like, they have never been able to come out. So, the crevasses are very dangerous. Then, like, once you, like... Once you've almost got to the top of the summit, there's another challenge. So it's mm-hmm. called the death zone. It starts at twenty six thousand. So like I told you about the spider, the spider had learned how to adapt, but the humans mm-hmm. cannot. So like yeah, the air is so thin that you have to breathe super hard. Like you have to inhale like as much air as you can. If you don't, if you don't, you can um sometimes. Yeah, if you don't, you'll um like run out of air for your body. That's yes. why people wear oxygen tanks. But oxygen tanks they have a certain amount of air stored in them. So like if they run out of air, they can't stay up on the peak, on the summit for um that long. That's why one more challenge there's frostbite. So frostbite it's a very dangerous um thing. So if their fingers get frozen, um sometimes they'll have to be cut off because um. If the frostbite, if you keep it on for like five or six days, it'll start like, like entering your body and then soon you'll die because you, the, your body temperatures will be too cold. Your body needs a certain amount of like, um, heat and, um, uh, cold. So like, it can't handle all of that cold stuff.
0: Yeah, of course. So there's this so many challenges they have to go through. But it's amazing to see their passion and their work, right? Yeah. What do you think Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norge did differently than the other climbers who couldn't summit Mount Everest?
1: Everyone like who has to climb Mount Everest, they need a lot of skill, and they need training and experience. So like, Tenzin Norge and Edmund Hillary. So, like, Edmund Hillary, he discovered he could climb mountains on a field trip when he was in high school. He discovered he could climb very fast, and he had a lot of skill. He, he had a pickaxe, and he had a rope. So, first, what he would do, he would take the rope. He would find, like, one, like, one like rock part, like, sticking out of the mountain, like, longer than all the others. He would throw his rope. Um, the rope would like catch on. Then he would use his pickaxe. He would start digging it into the um uh into the hard um rock walls of the mountain. So like he could use that. Tenzin Norgay, um I think he didn't need any skill because like he was one of the Sherpas. Tenzin Norgay climbed um sixteen thousand three hundred feet up Mount Everest in only like two hours. Yeah. His skill was speed. But when he was climbing with Edmund Hillary, he um, realized Edmund didn't have that much speed, and Edmund and um Uh Tenzin Norde taught each other their tactics, so um yes. so they both could use it. So like I think that's what different about both of them.
0: Teamwork. So these mountain climbers are so passionate, right? Like you said, Edmund Hillary started. Mountain climbing yeah. when he was in high school. It gives them happiness when they see planet's beauty and its richness. What do you think you should do to keep your interest and passion alive to achieve what we want in life? If, this so is like, for everybody.
1: I'm passionate about music because uh, I play the um uh, Indian uh, music instrument called the veena I'm passionate about. I heard well, you're
0: very good at it. Yeah, thanks.
1: So like, <laughs> good job. I do Vina, I do Lego, I do art, um, I do art and drawing, I do basketball, I do soccer, I do, sp- I like all kinds of sport, I do Minecraft, I do, and I do a lot of other stuff. So like, I'm yet to figure out one because I don't know like what to choose, but I still need to choose one because I'm, passionate about a lot of things.
0: Yeah, but what do you think that you need to keep doing in order to keep your passion and interest alive?
1: I need to keep working on um what I'm passionate about. Then I can like have skill in it and I can have practice and yeah, all of that.
0: Yes, practice. That's the key. Very good, Rohan. Thank you so much. What do you want to become?
1: <laughs> I have a lot of choices, but when I grow up I've one thing. So like in the reading that called Epic, I've read a lot of books about spies. So like I've told my mom I wanna become a FBI agent and I wanna
0: protect the mm. president. Ooh. Wow, a leader in the making. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Have you read any other books by Nico Medina? I've read
1: like a lot of the Who HQ series, but um only some of them are Nico Medina's books. Well, like I've read most of them, and I've on, on some of them I've seen Nico Medina's name. So like, yes. there, there's what is Disney World. There is, um, who was um Steve Irwin and. Yeah. Um, who was Barack next? Obama? Oh. I
0: think they have one on Barack Obama, yeah,
1: and they also have one on Kentucky.
0: Yes, Rohan, thank you so much You're for welcome. joining me today. I loved this conversation, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys had fun listening to Rohan. As he said, we should practice more to keep our passion and our interest alive. A lot of books by Nico Medina that you can read and gain knowledge on, nonfiction topics. Uh, Go check out WHOHQ books. Thank you so much, Rohan. Have fun. Take care of your health and your family. Bye. Bye.